space between life and death. The last house on the left. To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a movie. Only a movie. Only a movie. Sights and sounds far beyond anything you've tested. The last house on the left. To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a movie. Only a movie. Only a movie. Take as only much as you can. Only a movie. Hey guys, Cass here. Um, so this week, uh, looking at the last house on the left, um, kind of pretty much gave that away last week when uh, I said we're looking at West Craven. So um, surprise! But uh, essentially, um, had to look at this film. I mean, the the background on it's pretty pretty cool. Um, and uh, for all you Rob Zombie fans, I think you recognize that little uh, introduction there. So uh, pretty pretty neat to see how he would recycle that later on. Um, but anyways, let's dive into it. So, um, the year is 1972, and of course is directed by Wes Craven, pretty much the jack of all trades on this one. He wrote it, directed it, edited it, the whole shebang. The only thing he didn't do was produce, of course, that goes to Sean Cunningham, um, and you'll recognize that name from last week, one of his buddies, and, uh, essentially, you know, pretty much helped him make him who he was today. I mean, this is his, um, you know, his initial film, his, like, this is it. So essentially, um, it's American exploitation horror film. And, um, you know, essentially we're just going to look at the plot really quickly. You know, it centers around the two girls being taken to the woods, tortured, raped, and then killed by the group of murderous thugs. Um, and, uh, essentially the parents get their revenge. Um, and it's inspired by the 60s Swedish film, The Virgin Spring. <clears throat> So as I said last week, you know, this is his directorial debut and it is gnarly. Like, I mean, if you kind of look at his work on a chart, you'd almost see it going up with like kind of this campy view, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, so on. they're still violent, but not like this. This is like pretty much a freaking snuff film. Um, I mean, it was a modest budget of $87,000 um, and it was filmed in New York City and rural Connecticut um, and was released to major box office success, grossing over $3 million domestically, um, and definitely dealt with a whole lot of issues because, I mean, this is confrontational violence, um, and it was, you know, heavily censored and banned in other countries, um, and actually, you know what, for fun, all of that, well received by the critics, at least some of them, um, at least the ones I like, um, and uh, I just found that kind of funny, um, and anyways, we'll also talk about the shitacular remake in 2009. Um, I mean, it's not bad as remake goes, but it's not amazing either. So, um, the plot, uh, as I said, we're, we have our two girls, Mary Collingwood and her friend Phyllis Stone, and, uh, they're going to attend a concert for Mary's 17th birthday. Of course, the concerned parents express their usual concerns, um, and of course, let her go with her blessing, um, and they give her a peace sign necklace for her birthday. Um, and basically, on the drive, the girls hear about this prison escape. So we have Krug Still, Stylo, Stilo, sadistic raper, rapist and killer, uh, his heroin-addicted son, Junior, Sadie, a promiscuous psychopath, and sadist, and finally, Fred Weasel Powdowski, a child molester and peeping Tom murderer. 
So before the concert, the girls meet Junior while they're trying to, to basically score some pot. And um, he takes them, of course, to the apartment. Oh, I've got her over here. Just follow me. And that's when they're trapped by the criminals. Now, essentially, Phyllis tries to escape and reason with them and is sadly gang raped. Um, meanwhile, of course, Mary's parents are back home preparing a surprise birthday party for her. Uh, pretty tragic. So the next morning the girls wake up, they're gagged and tied up, tossed into the trunk and taken to the woods um, where Mary on the drive recognizes that we're getting close to her home and uh, basically that's when the real horror really begins the girls, this is you know, warning, this is horribly graphic and I can't believe I'm about to repeat it but uh, so the girls are forced to um, perform uh, sexual acts on each other um, and uh, Sadie begins to perform oral sex on a weeping Mary Uh, Phyllis then tries to distract the kidnappers um, but is chased Uh, and uh, sadly you know Mary is supposed to escape but she is stuck there with Junior. She tries to gain his trust giving him her necklace and calling him now Willow and um, essentially Phyllis is caught by the group in a local cemetery and is brutally murdered so she's cornered by Krugs, stabbed by weasel kicked by all three or three of them um and essentially then like disemboweled because um what's her name there uh, sadie begins to stab her and then they finally pull out her intestines so um random fun fact if you can call it fun um west said that after filming this basically was so visceral and so violent that uh, everyone basically was very quiet and everyone went on to their own separate areas on set they all just kind of needed to take a moment which can you freaking blame them Wes like look at what you made him do so um anyways Mary convinces um Junior to try to let her go and escape but soon the gang is back and they present her with Phyllis's severed hand uh she screams in horror and this is when Krug carves his name into her chest rapes her and she begins to vomit so she goes to the lake to try to clean off and then that's when Krug shoots her in the back leaving her floating in the lake and the gang clean up uh change and clean up so in their new attire they visit the Collingwood homes um as traveling salesmen so Mary's parents let them stay the night but Junior exposes exposes them uh essentially um you know due to his own his own issues so in the midst of a heroin withdrawal he's heaving in the bathroom and um mary's mother Estelle goes in to check on him and gasps when she sees that he's wearing mary's necklace she starts to eavesdrop on the group and finds bloody clothing within their um their uh you know their their bags and that's when they her and her husband go out and they find mary's body on uh, the water side they bring her home and that's when they plan to extract um, exact revenge so um a steel seduces weasel and begins to perform fellatio which turns deadly when she bites uh, his member off leaving him to bleed to death and uh, mary's father john grabs the shotgun where two of the criminals are sleeping and attempts to shoot them so Krug escapes, um, trying to overpower John, and before being um, confronted by Junior with a revolver, you know, threatening to shoot Krug. So Krug manipulates Junior to shoot himself, and during this whole time, John uses it as a distraction to run down to the basement to grab his chainsaw. Upon his return, you know, Krug has a shotgun, tries to shoot him, and finds out it's empty, and um, Krug runs to escape and is incapacitated by an electric booby trap set by John earlier. So Sadie rushes outside, but is tackled by Estelle. She escapes, falls into the pool, and Estelle slits her throat. Um, and 
that's it. She's done. So as Steele leaves um, from there, and uh, basically the sheriff arrives as John is killing Krug with a chainsaw, and uh, essentially the deputy, we end as the deputy brings the steel into the living room, um, and, uh, you know, well, the uh, sheriff takes the chainsaw from John's hands. Whoa, right? Like, holy shit, what an insane plot. Um, and essentially, you know, this cast, they're all inexperienced first-timers. We have Sandra Peabody, um, Lucy Githam, uh, David Hess, Fred Lincoln, Jeremy Rain, uh, Mark Seffler, uh, Cynthia Carr, Gaylord James, Marshall Anchor, and uh, Martine Gore. Uh, wow. I mean, to, to pull this off, what an insane film, especially to play that kind of character for Krug, Krug, yuck like just gross um so um anyways when it came to producing all this um you know Cunningham working with Wes decided to help him um and you know signing it knowing it was going to be a hardcore film and everyone on it you know knew this was what it was going to be but essentially had to soften the uh the script I mean Wes Wes wanted something really violent um I mean this is in the wake of the Vietnam era and uh, I mean in his belief many western films of the time uh, you know, glamorized violence, and it gave a real misleading representation to what violence was. So, I mean, this is, you know, what he, as he put it, this is going on in the world right now, and it needed to be seen. And, you know, essentially, he's not glamorizing it in any way. He's not making these guys out to be, you know, wondrous people. Like, it's truly truly terrifying so um as i said the film was shot in new york city over seven days uh, as well as long island and then was followed with um a few a few rural shots in uh, westport connecticut while they were there they stayed actually at the cunningham residence now um west wanted a documentary style kind of film you know with that it gave the film a real uh uh, gnarly look. I mean, you think you're there. You're one of the, you know, villains participating, and I think that that makes it, you know, it hits hits home a little more. So, um, no, as I was saying with that documentary style, they kind of did a guerrilla style filming, you know, spontaneous film locations, and a lot of the times they were forced to leave due to the fact that they didn't have any permits. So, and the special effects. With that, you know, this is a simple film. So the special effects were achieved practically. Um, for example, Phyllis's disembowelment. That's actually just condoms filled with sand and fake blood. Um, and that was all uh, actually Fred Lincoln's, who was a porn actor. Um, all his idea. <laughs> Funny enough. So, um, and I guess uh, for Rain, when she's in the pool, it's just blood capsules and a blood pouch under her shirt. Which, at the right time collapsed and you know then that gives the effect of her, her throat so um and uh, another fact when phyllis is told to wet herself it's actually her wetting herself you know nothing more real than that um so the special effects like i said achieved practically that way and um you know hess recalls much of the cast was really bonded but as west pointed out later on that peabody really wanted nothing to do with Hess. so that's mary collingwood and krug so krug i guess apparently on set like to remain in character or should i say david hess remain in character on set Peabody, Shelley, she didn't really care for that. It really freaked her out. So as Wes put it, when he had the camera on them, there wasn't a whole lot of acting needed. She was genuinely terrified of the man. 
you can understand why. <laughs> so um, critical response and release. I mean, there was multiple name changes. They tried with like Krug and Company. It was like weird sex crimes title. All bogus. None of it did good with drawing in the crowd. So they went with Last House on the left. And Craven honestly thought it was terrible and uh, just a waste of time. But it works. You know, they start with a small release and it grew bigger and bigger and bigger. West remembers getting phone calls, you know, they were lined up around the block. Now, um, after people saw the film, there's lots of reports of people fainting, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's protests about how violent it was um, and hence why the posters, you know, and the chants in the preview, it's only a movie, um, you know, came into play. It, essentially just trying to dumb it down for people if that makes any sense you know it's only a movie stop trying to say that the film needed to be destroyed as some some theaters reported you know they would have crowds after telling them that so um now critically some liked it like i said others hated it um some noted you know roger ebert one of my favorites he gave it um three and a half out of four stars you know said it's about as a good thing as you're gonna get for what it is you know he pointed that out now um uh leonard moulton another big name but he only gave it one and a half out of four saying you know it's cheap uh repulsive but powerful um so you know you can kind of make a call from there definitely two ends of of it and from my idea you know what wes is trying when you see what wes craven's trying to present he did that that's exactly what he's trying to do and you know he kind of gave it a fun way towards the end but well I guess if you look at it fun I mean seeking revenge but it just I don't see it as bad as Leonard Moulton made it out to be but basically the film keeps a 61% review on Rotten Tomatoes to this day so um you know the U.S. um you know was like I said started with small release and got bigger and bigger from there depending on who you talk to either loved it or hated it now in the uk this would not be released in theaters in the 1980s with vhs being you know coming into play and people having home theaters um they would see a really butchered version come out in vhs and it really wasn't until the 2000s that the full film was given to the uk and because of that um essentially there's like a whole bunch of different cuts and different versions that you'll see that have um either longer or shorter scenes or like missing scenes altogether um and you can see that list when you um when you read about the book uh, or read about the film and uh sadly i can't remember the name of the book that i used um it was basically horror faq but they give you a little summary of those scenes and it's, it's pretty pretty neat and really cool so if you do get a copy and you have that scene know that you've got a rare a rare copy <coughs> pardon me <clears throat> so as i was saying my thoughts, you know, this is a chilling film. It's real. It's true crime at its best. Um, and like I said, you because of the documentary style, you feel like you're there. Um, and that makes it kind of more terrifying to me and nauseating all at the same time. Um, I mean, it feels like you're partaking in it. It's just, you know, you just want to stop everything, but you can't. Um, and, you know, of course, it's Wes. I, I love the man. I just think he's absolutely brilliant. And uh, and this film, you know, goes to show why he, you know, was such a, a hallmark within the horror community. <clears throat> so in summary, guys, definitely check out this film if you haven't seen it already. Um, I loved it. I think you'll love it. 
And of course, you know, while you still can, using CreeperCast10 at a stranger dream, scoop up as many horror-related bookmarks as you can. I mean, this lady creates the coolest stuff. In fact, she has a crate coming out. So if you are into crate mail, definitely check this out. It's um, definitely a really cool fair price uh, for some of the most exclusive horror um, items that you will ever see. So um, again, guys, thank you all for listening. I mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. So uh, I definitely appreciate that. Um, And reach out to me if there's a film you want me to cover. Of course, let me know. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram. And of course, guys, keep calm and stay creepy.